0: And so today, for a moment, we're going to look at his life a little bit more and see another characteristic that led Sam to Samson's downfall. And in that, we're going to discover a little bit of the tendencies that you and I have. Because one thing about Samson that many of us are like is that we are very emotionally driven. Now, I, don't, I know that some of you are not emotionally driven. I mean, how many, how many of you are emotionally driven, even a tiny, tiny bit? Like a little bit. How many of you like emotions? What are those? Anyone? Anyone emotions? Like I don't have emotions. You can't raise his hand. You can't raise his hand. Now, I understand that some of you like, you know, we're not saying that emotions are bad. Please hear me that emotions are not bad. If it wasn't for an emotional decision, I would not have moved to Canada. Like it was an emotional decision that got me on a train for 23 hours to visit a girl I barely knew because I had this emotional draw. If it wasn't for emotional decisions, many of you, and probably me as well, we would be doing a lot more stupid things. I mean, if that spirit of fear wasn't in your life, I mean, how many of you, because of fear of getting in trouble, fear of getting caught, or fear of something really, really bad happening, that actually stopped you from doing something that you shouldn't have done? I mean, I'm there. See, that's an emotional decision, right? So we're not saying emotions are bad, See, God gives us emotions. The problem is, and you're gonna see in Samson's life, the problem is is when we wanna do what's right, we wanna do the right thing, but our emotions get in the way and we end up doing the wrong thing because of it. A friend of mine who has this incredibly unfortunate um, allegiance to the toronto maple Leafs, and i don't know i'm not a hockey person i, I, don't, I don't, you may be a hockey person but he loves the toronto maple Leafs, and he and he lives it and breathes it and i love watching games with him because he gets so stressed and he gets and, and he gets kind of angry and and he's generally under control but a couple of years ago i wasn't actually there but i heard great stories that when the leafs should have won they lost and, and which was, don't laugh, that's not funny, but they lost. And it was in that moment that in, in, in a fit of just pure rage, he put a hole in drywall. Now, thinking through it, i have glad it wasn't this house, so it it's not a big deal, Some else's house, they can fix it. Now we get it, in a moment of anger, and some of you feel that way. Now, maybe you're not going to punch drywall, but sometimes in certain contexts, you struggle with it as well. We have moments where our emotions take over to do things that we know we shouldn't do. When I was 10 years old, my brother got the gift that I wanted. He got a BB gun. Now, for whatever reason, my mom chose not to give me a BB gun for Christmas. I mean, partially because she knew what I was like. She knew that I was really irresponsible with things like that that could actually hurt people. And I remember very clearly, my mom says, Mark, you are not allowed to fire it. You're not allowed to hold it. You're not even allowed to touch it. So my brother, because he's a great guy, he's incredibly responsible, the perfect kid, the one that you kind of want to kick sometimes. He's like the perfect kid. My mom loved him more than me probably. But then he had this BB gun and he put that BB gun on top of his shelf. and, And like every normal kid in the whole world, I knew where it was. And when everyone was gone, I took the BB gun. And I remember taking the BB gun and I was going in this, in this room with kind of like, um, it was outside, but it had like screened in porches. And I'm like, why wouldn't my mom let me hold and play with a BB gun? Like, what harm could I do with this thing? So I remember shooting things and it was fantastic. And again, I don't understand why I did it, but I remember kind of, kind of bending down with the gun and shooting it at something, but it kind of went up a little too high and it shot my neighbor's window. And all I heard was a ping. And I looked over and there was like a little tiny hole in the window. And so I did what every normal good kid should do, tell their parents. No, I didn't. I put the gun back where my brother had put it because I'm not allowed to touch the gun. So I'm not going to get in trouble. And they're not going to even know anyway. So what happened was the, the, the neighbor a little bit later on came back to the house and knocked on the door. My mom answered the door. And so I remember in that moment, it was really cool because I said, the guy, guy came to the door and said, uh, excuse me, um, someone shot a hole in my window. My mom looked at me and she said, Mark, did you do that? And I said, Mom, I am not allowed to handle the gun. Remember that you told me that. And in that moment, I looked at my mom, and she was very angry. And When my mom was angry, I was a little bit scared of what was going to happen, the grounding, all that kind of stuff. And then so she went to my brother, and I had a moment right there where I, in fear, had an opportunity to tell the truth or not. And she looked at my brother, and she said, Stephen, you either tell me the truth, or I'm going to take that gun away, and you're in trouble. I remember looking at my brother and thinking to myself, man, I, I need to stand up for my brother because he's always standing up for me. And in fear, I let him take the fall. It was awesome. He got so much trouble that day. He did, he was really in trouble. He's like, I didn't do it. I'm like, "I I don't even know where the gun is. And I remember in that moment letting him take the fall because in fear, I chose to do what was wrong. And we're a lot like that. And if you're anything like me, many times in your life and in my life, how many of you would say something or have said something in an emotional moment when you, when, when it was just, you were angry, you said something in an emotional moment and you said something that you regret. Has anyone ever done that? Of course. I mean, how many of you have done something in an emotional moment that you regret doing, that you look back and then if I could change that one thing, I wouldn't do that again. Some of you, in an emotional moment, in an emotionally charged situation, you said yes to something that you know you should have said no to. And you knew it was wrong, you knew you shouldn't do it, you knew it was a bad idea, but it was the emotions got kind of all wrapped up and you said yes to something you know you should have said no to. Some of you, through emotions, you bought something you shouldn't have bought, maybe because you couldn't have afforded it. Sometimes our emotion caused you to say something that you wish you could take back. And sometimes because of our emotions, we do some things that if we can go back in time, we would change it. Now, I don't know if that's your life, I don't know if that's your story, but it's many of our stories. And if we're honest, these things in us, this isn't just a one-time occurrence. You just can't look at your life and say, oh, that was that one time I did this. Because if you're honest, these emotional decisions that we have often are more occur—they occur more times in our lives. And you are seeing the effect of that. You see the consequences of those emotional decisions and you see it in your family, you see it in your finances, you see it in your jobs, you see it in your circumstances and you see the problems of making those decisions. And so before we kind of move on a little bit and find out the remedy for this, we need to understand why we do that. See, because for you and for me, it's not that we want to hurt others, it's not, it's not that we want to make bad decisions, it's not that we, we, we are trying to do what's wrong It's not we're trying to hurt the people we love, but for most of us, Samson included, we as followers of Christ are often more emotionally driven rather than spiritually led. You're wondering why the struggle that you have, you're wondering why you do those things that you know you shouldn't do. It's probably because for most of us that we are emotionally driven rather than spiritually led. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17, it's really cool. It says this, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. He's speaking to church. He's saying, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. And he goes, here's the reason why. He says, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. When you say yes to the Holy Spirit's leadership, you won't do the things that your sinful nature craves. Because the sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your own good intentions. He's saying that there's the Spirit, and then there's emotional decisions that we make that walk us away from God you can look back in your life and you can look in your circumstances that some of the issues that you still deal with today are because of an emotional decision rather than a spiritually led decision. Am I correct? I know it was for me. See, the problem was, which is the problem for many of us, is that Samson was emotionally driven rather than spiritually led, and we see that in his life. And when we left Samson, we understand that Samson was, you know, he, was, he, he, really, he fell in love with this or maybe in lust with this Philistine woman. He told his parents, I want her. And his parents were like, no, it's a bad idea. She's not of us. She's an enemy of our God. And he's like, I want her anyway. I don't care. I deserve it. I can handle it. And so then he went and he just said, I'm going to marry this person, and make it happen. And so in that moment, as, as was custom in that day, they kind of had a party. And so he threw a kegger, even though he shouldn't have done it. And he was there and he was at this wedding party and then in this moment that we're going to see is that he, um, he does a, a, an unwise thing through arrogance, maybe through pride. He makes a bet with the people around him. Samson, you know, he was kind of this pre-wedding thing. There were 30 guys that he shouldn't have been hanging around with, 30 Philistines that he, sh- he had no business being with, which is interesting because when you're with a whole bunch of people that you know you shouldn't be with, over time it begins to erode your integrity, and that's what happened with Samson. So while they're together... Samson says to them, hey, uh, let me tell you a riddle. So so then he tells a riddle, but he goes, I'm going to put a wager on it because I guess guys always want a competition. And so he's there in this moment. He says, let's put a little wager on this riddle. And the riddle is this. If you solve my riddle during these seven days of celebration, I will give you 30 fine linen robes and 30 sets of festive clothing, which is kind of interesting because in that time period, that was worth a whole lot of money. Like, clothes were super, super, super expensive. It wouldn't have been, it would have been very rare for a person to have more than one or two kind, or two, like, like things of clothing. Like, you just couldn't go to a box store and say, hey, I want some clothes and get them. You had to actually make it. It was very, very expensive. So for him to make this wager, it was a very expensive wager, but he thought he could handle it. So he says, okay, here's it is. And then he says, you know, if, you, if you solve this riddle in a couple days, I'm going to give you 30 pieces of uh, clothing for you 30 people. And then if I win, you're going to give me 30 pieces of clothing. And then he gives the riddle. He says, out of the one who eats came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. Now, if you are here a couple of weeks ago, you know that he's talking about that lion that he killed and there's some honey in there. I mean, you've got to kind of follow a little bit of the backstory. story. And again, we're just kind of setting a foundation here for what we're talking about. Just hold on a second. So then scripture tells us that three days later, these guys didn't know what the answer was. And they're getting kind of angry. Because, I mean, here they're at a party, and they're with someone they don't really, really know, and then here, and they're going to, it's going to end up costing them a whole bunch of money. So they start to try to find out what it is. They can't find it out. So they go to his future wife, and they start to manipulate the situation. They're like, listen, lady, you bring us here and then it's going to cost us all this money to get clothes for this guy? You better tell us what the answer is. And she's like, I don't know what the answer is. And he said, listen, if you don't tell us what the answer is, you are in trouble. So they begin to blackmail her. They begin to to know coerce her to find out what it is. So she goes to Samson, and she says, Samson, you hate me. She says this. She goes, you don't love me. You hate me. You've given, you know, my people a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. And he's like, I haven't even told my parents this. He says, I haven't even, I haven't even I haven't given an answer to my father and mother. He replied, why should I tell you? And so she cried. And whenever she was with him and kept it up for the rest of the celebration, And at last, on the seventh day, he told her the answer because she was tormenting him with her nagging. It wasn't wrong. She just wanted to know. Then, she explained the, then he explained the riddle to her and then she explained the riddle to the young men and the young men come up to him at the seventh day he says what is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion now that's all the background so in this moment in this party where he wasn't supposed to be because of emotional decision he was there with people that he shouldn't have been with giving, uh, gi- giving riddles and, you know, and, and making bets he shouldn't have made he thought he had the answers he thought it was going to be just right And then all of a sudden, they give him the answer. And so now he has to pony up 30 pairs of clothing. So what does he do? He loses it. See, Samson in this moment is incredibly embarrassed, and he's furious, because he lost. And we're going to see for a moment that in the moment right there, Samson has an opportunity Am I going to give in to my emotion, to my anger? Or am I going to do what's right? But then rather than responding to the Spirit of God, he reacts with emotion. And he falls victim to those emotions. And we see that it takes a strong man down. Now, we're going to talk a little bit later on in a couple of weeks that, yeah, God used these things for his glory and his purposes. We understand that. But it wasn't the way that God had intended him to do it. This is the Bible says this, and the spirit of the Lord came upon him powerfully and he went down to the town, of this other little town, and he killed 30 men looking and took their belongings. And he gave their clothing to the men who had solved the riddle, but Samson was furious about what had happened. And he went back home to live with his father and his mother. In his anger, he goes and kills 30 other people just for their clothes. Now, I know that seems incredibly outlandish, and of course, I would never do that. But you and I do very stupid things because of emotions. We do things that we know we shouldn't do. We do things that we say things that we know we shouldn't say. And in this moment, he is so angry, he is so embarrassed. He goes and he attacks 30 people and just takes their clothes. because he lost a bet. So he went on this killing spree. When he came back from the killing spree, The Bible says that, so his wife in that moment as he left and he did those things, the Bible says this, so his wife was given in marriage to a man who had been Samson's best man at the wedding. Now that seems a little bit weird here. Why would that happen? But back in that day, Samson was here and then the father of the bride is like, okay, I'm giving my daughter away. This is what's happening. And then Samson gets into a rage. He goes off and he tries to get more clothes. And then he goes home with his family because he is just mad. He's angry. He goes, fine, I'm leaving. And he goes back home and and this father's like, I got to, party here my daughter's supposed to be getting married so what was natural and what was normal in that time period he just says who's next you here's my daughter now i know that sounds crazy you wouldn't do that with your kids i get it but that's kind of how it happened in that time period this is this is different than even an arranged marriage this is like going okay that was supposed to be you it's not you this is what the best man's for you're the next in line and your turn this is kind of what happened So that should tell of you, any of you who want to be a best man one day, that if it doesn't work out, you're supposed to be that person. That was the idea here. And in that moment, Samson's at home. His wife's married off to someone else. And he comes to his senses a little bit. And he comes back to the bride to give her a gift. And the father was like, I'm sorry, Samson. I gave her to someone else. She's not yours anymore. And Sam's like, but she's mine. He's like, no, but but I I just gave her to someone else. And so he, in this fit of rage and this anger, he just begins to lash out at the people, the Philistines that, that were occupying the area. And then what happens is they get so mad because he's fighting against them. And then they get mad. And then so what he does is he takes... He says he takes 15, or sorry, 150 pairs of foxes, and I go, and this seems like outlandish. But he takes these foxes, he ties their tails together, and puts a, and puts a little fire in their tails, and he sends them into the fields. Basically, what he does is he completely wipes out all of their food. Now again, this seems just incredibly outlandish, but here's a guy who is just outrageously upset. He's angry and he's living in, he's walking in that anger. He doesn't stop and take a breath. He doesn't say, God, what would you have me do in this situation? Instead, he's so mad, I'm going to do what I want and I'm going to get vengeance on people who hurt me. So the Bible explains to us that this hothead comes back and he destroys their land. And you can only imagine the chaos that 150 pairs of foxes with fire between them running around like crazy animals. For all practical purposes, the entire land was destroyed. And then what happens then? is because he's so angry, he lashes out in revenge, and then what happens? They get mad, and then they lash out in revenge, and they take his would-have-been wife and her family, and they kill her. It's amazing how emotional decision can lead to someone else's emotional decision to lead to someone else's emotional decision. You may not have started it, but you're going to finish it. Well, I didn't start it, you know, they did this, and then you lash out emotionally and you, at the same time, and this is what's happening here, and we see that lived out in our lives so much. The danger and the hurt that our emotional decisions can cause other people. For some of you, it's not your decisions, it's other people's decisions that you are carrying the weight of. And so this emotional decision not only cost him his family, it cost his family their lives. And see, and here's the challenge for us. I mean, these, 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 these negative, these, these, this anger is our default position when we're embarrassed. You see a kid, I love when kids get a little bit embarrassed. I mean, we're all like that to some degree. You have a kid, and you're playing with them, and they fall down, they trip, and they hurt themselves. What's the first thing they do? They kind of like get embarrassed, and they kick you, Right? Your kids do that? Yeah, I mean, we've seen that before. Your kid will just kind of lash out because they're angry and they're embarrassed. So the first thing they do is they hit. In this moment, the first thing that he did was, I'm angry, I'm embarrassed. So I'm going to lash out at the people that hurt me. And when you think about this, and, and I wonder about this, and I'm like, what, what did Samson really have to be upset about? When you look at it, he was the one who pursued the wrong woman. He was the one who ignored his parents' uh, advice. He was the one who taunted the Philistines with the riddle. He was the one who gave his secret away. He was the one who left his wife to go after and kill other men. He was the one who burned the villages and the crops with the foxes. And in other words, he was mad at the world and that's what emotion does to us sometimes. What it does is it causes us to not see the truth. And he was just mad at everyone around him. It's their fault. But in, really, in reality, the mess that he was in was more than likely his fault. And that's a lot where a lot of us end up living. Because some of our bad decisions... We just get mad, and a lot of times we get mad at God. I mean, how many of you have been just, you know, kind of called to God, God, why are you doing this, or why have you allowed this? God, this is your, you wouldn't say this because, I mean, you're smarter than that, but you say, God, this is your fault. You're saying, God, look, what, look, look what's going on, look at my family, look at my situations, but if you stopped and actually look at it, it's the result of a lot of our bad emotional decisions. It's the reasons why we're struggling the way that we are, and we blame God for that. See, Samson just got so mad, and that was one of his massive weaknesses—was his anger. I don't know what your weakness is. I don't know what your struggle is. I don't know what you push. I don't know what you push the spirit aside for. For you, it might be anger. For you, it might be fear. It might be for you if fear causes you instead to instead of listening to the spirit, you act out in fear. Maybe for you, it's insecurity. I mean, how many of us have done stupid things because we're insecure? Maybe for some of you, it's greed. In a moment of I want, the spirit of God's voice gets smaller and smaller and smaller and what you want gets bigger and bigger and bigger and you lean into that instead. For some of you, the emotion of the need of being in control causes you to do things, causes you to say things, causes you to do things that you know you shouldn't do. And for some of you, it's just pride. I mean, you may not resonate with anger. I'm not a really angry person. I don't really get angry. My family may say I do, but again, I I don't think I get angry. But there's other things here that I struggle with. And I don't know your story. I just know Samson's. You're going to have to ask God, what is that thing in your life that you struggle with that, 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 that rips the wheel away from the spirit of God and says, no, I'm going to make my own decisions here. I'm going to lash out in my own way. Galatians 5, it says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is opposite of what the spirit wants. And as we've been given this opportunity that if we continue to be driven by our emotions, we're gonna end up to some degree, just like Samson, with incredible spiritual potential who continue to self-destruct. Who continue to self-destruct. But instead, if you, you know, you'll pull your emotions to the altar of God and sacrifice them to say, yes, God, there, there, there's no, we understand you have those emotions. We, you know, We know that they're there. But instead of being driven by them, you say, God, help me through this situation. I want to be led by you instead. Then in those moments, God becomes the main character of the story, not what you want, not what you deserve, not what you think you can handle. And in those moments, you end up living for the approval of God and that changes everything. Again, I don't know your story and again, this is a very complicated and very interesting story of Samson. He's a guy with incredible spiritual potential but because of his anger and because he gave, there's nothing wrong with being angry. How many of you have been angry about something? It's a righteous anger. You understand it. the Bible says, be angry and sin not. We get, anger's is Okay but it's what we do with it. Like we've said multiple times here at the church, you we're know, not responsible for the circumstances around us, but we are responsible for how we respond to our circumstances. I mean, it's okay to be mad the leaf's lost. It is. It's okay to put the, you know, it's, it's okay to be angry that something happened and see the injustice, but how we respond matters. What we say matters. What we do matters.